The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. This is Robin Nelson with another edition of Wrestle Podcast. And my guest tonight is Bob Johnson from Stampede Wrestling. How's it going, Bob? It's great, Robin. Yeah, Sin- yeah, Cincinnati has a lot of big names that came out of uh, you know, Cincinnati and Ohio are like John Moxley, um, Eli Drake, uh, Sammy Callahan. It's a lot of big, great names around the Ohio area. Uh, that, that's a big country. I know we have, uh, <coughs> we have an alumni of Stampede Wrestling, great uh, Rip Rogers, who uh, doing a phenomenal job training down there. I think he's in, in uh, your neck of the woods or maybe Louisville or something. But yeah, Rip Rogers. That's, that's an excellent, uh, excellent uh, wrestling area. Yeah, Rip Rogers. Yeah, he's over in Louisville over OVW, um, which is run run now by um, Al Snow, and it's a it's a great wrestling promotion down there. That's good, and I, I understand you 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 guys uh, you've got a promotion yourself. Tell me. Yeah, um, we have yeah we have a promotion here in uh, Hamilton, Ohio, outside of. Um, Cincinnati called Future Great Wrestling, and it's uh, um, the owners Brian Levick and you know, and also Cody Hawk runs runs it as well. You know, I, I saw that Cody uh, actually Cody Hawk was on our uh, heartbeat radio with Bruce Hart and myself, and uh, it was an honor to see him get his uh, Cauliflower Alley Club award for the Trainers Award last year at the Cauliflower Alley Clubs. Yeah, Cody's a pretty cool guy. Man. Yeah, I yeah, Cody Hawk, he deserved it. I mean, he he works hard and um he still trains wrestlers today. He's trained a lot of big names and some upcoming stars as well. You're telling me about Sean Casey, one of the really good journeymen in the business and uh, anybody out there who want to get trained, you've got Cody and you've got you got uh, Sean Casey, excellent excellent man. Yeah, I love Sean Casey. Uh He's in physical good shape, and that guy can still run around in the ring and still wrestle. And you know, for an older guy, he still has it. Well, I've seen him wrestle down at the Cauliflower Alley. Uh, had this vendetta pro wrestling, and you know, uh, Sean's not the youngest guy; he's a lot younger than I am. But uh, he's got some great moves, you know, for a guy his age. He sure does, and then he got his. Uh, his uh, enforcer with him as well, Big John Murray. That's, that's right, Big John. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love Big John Murray. <laughs> sure. All right, Bob. Let's. Um, this is all about you tonight. So let's um, start this off. Um, how'd you become part of Stampede Wrestling and working with uh, the legend Stu Hart? Well, let's put it this way, Robin. First of all, I want to I, 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 I hope. Your your uh, audience doesn't fall asleep. Sometimes I talk kind of slow. Maybe I can say, oh, "Man, this guy's going to put me to sleep." But I hope I, I don't. I, I try to talk as fast as I can. Uh, <clears throat> I'm from the fans out there know who 
the Raw show last night. Uh, they filmed the thing in a place called Winnipeg, Manitoba. It's dead center in Canada. And uh, I'm from Winnipeg originally. Been out to Calgary, Alberta here for about 45 years. But uh, I'm an old AWE guy in Winnipeg. I, I uh, used to be a big fan of the AWA and I owned a little grocery store right near the Winnipeg Arena where the AWA guy, guy used to wrestle. Remember them, uh, they'd stop in my store and I got to know guys like Bobby Heenan and Jimmy Valiant, Jack Lanza, Bobby Duncan, Nick Bockwinkle, Jimmy Brunzel, and uh, Watt Byrne, Von Roschke, and uh, Deshaun, Paul Deshaun, and Mad Dog, and Valiant Brothers. I got to be lifetime friends with most of those guys and uh, <clears throat> again I was more a kind of a, a fan I used to go down and invite me down to the wrestling and uh, two years later I uh, moved out here to Calgary, Alberta uh, from Winnipeg and like I said Winnipeg was always a hotbed for wrestling and uh, they used to EW would, would draw about eight or 10,000 people every once every three weeks you know Winnipeg Arena but anyway, I, I, I moved up to Calgary and I uh, <clears throat> I was involved with a company called the Odeon Theaters out here. It was the uh, movie business. And uh, I was a young guy out here in Calgary. And <clears throat> this was before the internet. And I don't I think DVDs and cassette tape, tapes were just kind of coming out. People were saying, well, what's that all about, cassette tapes? What's going to wrecked the movie business, but it never did. But anyway, <clears throat> what happened, uh, I remember, I was at this one theater and uh, I was telling the manager that I, I really enjoyed wrestling. And we uh, we had a show cut, came in one one week and called Paradise Alley. It was uh, Sylvester Stallone and Terry Funk. In those days, you know, you had to go and always promote the show, you know, no, again, no internet, nothing like that. So, uh, my uh, old boss, he, he said, listen, there's a guy in town here, his name is Stu Hart. He runs a thing called Stampede Wrestling, and I, I actually never even heard about Stampede, and I didn't know anything about Stu Hart or any of those guys. He said, well, why don't you give him a call, and we can do a promote, cross-promote with Stu Hart. So to make a long story short, I... Uh, I went out to Stuart's house, the uh, home of the famous dungeon, and uh, he started introducing me to all his kids. He had like 12, eight, eight sons and four daughters, and I uh, was at his house, and he had like about 30 cats in his house and about 10 dogs, and quite the place. But anyway, Stu and I hit it off right from the, word go, right from the beginning. So... Uh, he introduced me to his, uh, his sons, and he, and so I said, let's not make you guys a deal. I, I said, you know, uh, if you guys let my staff at the theater business into uh, Stampede Wrestling, providing you're not full, <laughs> of course, that'd be Friday night, our busiest night of the week, but anyway, I'm like, guy who's off, I'd say, if you guys ever want to go to Stampede Wrestling, we'll take care of you for free. And then uh, subsequently, I made a deal with the, uh, I said, you guys come down on your night off. 
but for several years after that, uh, they kept coming Sunday night. They bring the whole crew. I got to, I got to know all the Santee guys and a lot of the old legends, and uh, that's how I kind of broke in with the Hearts. So what was it like, you know, to uh, be down in the dungeon? Um, what was that experience for you? Well, that, that's an interesting place in this. <clears throat> they always talked about this boom and Stuart's. Stuart had a, Stuart's house was, it was an old, uh, built in about 1901 or something like that. And it was an old, originally it was an old uh, hospital that they used for the, uh, Troops who returned the second, the first World War troops, and, and then Stu came along and bought this thing, and he he had this room in the basement. It was about maybe ten by ten. The ceiling was about six feet high, and they had this great big water pipe went right through it. And, uh, and so Stu decided to build his own ring down, not a ring, but there were no ropes or anything. It was just a mat. And uh, it subsequently got known as the dungeon. Stu Hart, would, we used to have a lot of guys and come down and they'd say, you know, that wrestling, that's all a bunch of BS and I can beat anybody. We get all these, like out here in Calgary, we get a lot of these cowboy types and headbanger, we call them these headbangers. They, they come, oh, yeah, I can take on any of the hearts. Stu would say, oh man, you're exactly what I'm looking for. Please come over to my house and uh, I'll give you a little training. And uh, I remember we had these two cowboys showed up one day and I guess they thought Stu couldn't hear them, but they said, that old old man will kick his ass, you know. So Stu said, just give give it your best. So what Stu would do is you get the guy down and the you never want it's too hard to put you actually down on your on your back you tie up in a knot literally and uh, I remember these two cowboys Stu would like what do you he, he like a ball constrictor or something you get get the guy down say uh, oh, this is really good exercise and you're going to be a great wrestler and all this stuff and meanwhile he just stretched the you call it stretching, and you would squeeze the guy a little bit harder and take his arm and pull it behind his neck. And the guy would be in agony, you know, and he says, so you, you still want to be, get into wrestling? And <clears throat> so it was pretty funny what happened, but those two guys left, I think, about 20 minutes with Stu, and they were, it was pretty funny. Uh, they actually recorded the thing, and, you hear
I think Stu was about 85, and so we just walk up and walk back and forth. And I remember about a minute in, I'm starting to sweat beads, and I'm like, oh, and he, he wouldn't get tight or anything, but I said, ah, this is good exercise. And 20 minutes later, I'm like a ragged, wet noodle, you know. So that was my exercise, it's too hard. Wow, I bet you learned a lot from that as well. So, um, did that uh, prevent you from not being a pro wrestler and just decided that, you know, they'll just. Well, yeah, I, I said, you know, it's got to be an easier. Uh, you know, I, Robin, I'm not a. I'm definitely not an athlete like Owen or Brad or Davy Boy or any of those guys are coming. <clears throat> I'm uh, just a regular <clears throat> ham and egger, you might say. And, uh, I'm not an athlete, so I tried the wrestling once, and I said, man, it's got to be an easier way to do a body slam. So I said, I'll do everything else in, in, in wrestling, but please, let the athletes do the wrestling. I'll tell you a quick story. You want to hear a good Hulk Hogan? Yeah, I'd like to hear a quick Hulk Hogan story. I'll tell you a good We're uh, still, still uh, there's a place called Edmonton, Alberta. It's about three hours north of Calgary and uh, Stu uh, he wanted to go up and see Bret Hart wrestle that night in Edmonton <laughs> Stu and I got in the car drove up uh, anyway we are in the dressing room with Hulk Hogan and he was getting ready for his match with a guy named the Big Boss Man uh-huh. remember him? yes I do anyway, uh, so Stu and I had a we had a pre a preset arrangement where Stu would put me in a in a bear hug and then he'd rub his chin in my uh, cheekbone and then uh, I just happened to have dentures so I make sure they went flying and I made sure my glasses went flying and I was telling telling this move and so anyway he's uh, we're in the dressing room and it's Hulk Hogan and Stu says uh, uh, Hulk. Uh, Stu used to talk. Here's my friend Bob, and uh, I'm going to show him a couple of holds. And so he did the bear hug thing, and he told Paul Cogan, he says, Paul, oh, okay. uh, there's a couple, and you should tr- try this in the ring tonight. You know, <clears throat> I remember he took Paul Cogan's arm and he pulled it behind his neck, and you could see his hand come out the other side. And uh, Stu kept telling Hulk. Yeah, this is good exercise, and and you'll love it. Vince will love you to do this. Don't. And he said, "Well, I have to get it approved." And he says, "Oh, just just surprise Vince McMahon." But anyway, the big boss man he can't believe what's going on. Make a long story short, about a year later, we're in uh, <laughs> back in Calgary, and there's old Steelheart and myself in the back. This Hulk Hogan comes down and he makes the eye contact. <laughs> Hulk Hogan says, uh, he says, hey, Hulk, uh, listen here. And at that time, Hulk Hogan was a world champion, the biggest name in wrestling. And I'll never forget this as long as I live. Uh, he came up to me and, <coughs> sorry, uh, uh, Hulk Hogan, uh, Sue said, uh, Hulk, uh, I got a couple more moves I want to show you here. Uh, 
Hulk Hogan said, Stu, would you show those moves to Bob? Hey, that's pretty awesome. I mean, from a legend like Hulk Hogan as well. Um, before we got on, you were uh, telling me about you had a uh, Bastion Booger story. Yeah, we had this guy named, uh, <clears throat> big guy from, uh, brought him in from Vancouver. They weren't using him much out in <clears throat> Vancouver with the other promotion. And we brought him in, a guy named Mike Shaw. And uh, Bruce Hart was the booker at the time, and <clears throat> he changed this guy's name to, uh, well, he t- tag teamed them up with a guy called uh, Gamma Singh, the Great Gamma. And uh, he renamed this guy Mockin Singh, his uh, supposed, supposed brother. And uh, anyway, uh, Mike was a <clears throat> loved to do radio interviews. That was my job promoting the shows and getting publicity. So anyway, uh, many times I'd call up some radio stations. See, I've got Mock and Sing would love to come on and talk with your DJ or whatever. We're promoting a show in your town. So uh, anyway, we're out in a place called uh, Kelowna, British Columbia. It's out in the middle of uh, Central British Columbia. <clears throat> and uh, it was uh, it was called the CBC. It'd be like public PBS. Mm-hmm. And uh, I phoned the guy up and I said, you know, we're working with the club tonight. <clears throat> We'd like to have... Uh, Mike Shaw come on your uh, show and promote so we can raise some money for these stupid uh, kids. One moment. And uh, anyway, uh, he said, yeah, I'll get him on for two minutes. Please bring him into the station. Uh, About nine o'clock, he came on, talked for about two minutes. And uh, right away, uh, he kept talking and talking and talking. What happened at 9.30, they were supposed to have the, uh, <coughs> sorry, I've got this turn. I don't know what's wrong with my throat here, but uh, they got, they were supposed to have uh, the Prime Minister of Canada come on the radio and announce on the CBC some big economic development in, in Kelowna. So they have to only, that's why they had to get Mike off the, off the thing. <clears throat> so anyway, this guy, this, this, make a long story short, Mike Shaw talked till noon. And he had this guy uh, totally believing his character. And uh, so Mike Shaw was on with this guy for three hours. And then at noon, the guy says, oh, by the way, uh, we had to, uh, we'll be back at one o'clock for a, uh, a taped, in, a taped interview of Brian Mulroney, the Prime Minister of Canada. I thought that was pretty cool that one of our main heels kind of took over the show. And the uh, Prime Minister of Canada got bumped. Now that's funny. <laughs> 
Poor Prime Minister of Canada, man. <laughs> I bet he probably was like probably a little sad. <laughs> yeah, and he, I don't even know if you ever caught on that he uh, got preempted, but they, I guess they, uh, somebody else taped, uh, taped it in the morning and they announced about four hours later as though it was a live deal. I bet. Um, also, um, you built a uh, relationship with Bruce Hart. Um, what's that like um, being friends with Bruce Hart? And um, what are some of your memorable moments with uh, Bruce Hart? I know you guys, you know, uh, have a, a podcast called Heartbeat Radio as well. So, what's some of your good stuff um, you've done with uh, Bruce Hart? Bruce and I go back. Uh, Bruce is probably the probably the greatest wrestling mind I've ever met and I've met lots of people in wrestling and I'm not saying it because he's a hard brother but he was uh, he's one of my probably my dearest friends uh, he was uh, pretty radical in his day as a booker he did a lot of stuff that was so over the wall and like uh, stuff that was about 20 years ahead of its time and uh but he was the guy who basically got me into the uh, wrestling business. And I mentioned I had been working for the Odeon Theaters, and uh, <clears throat> I had a bit of a falling out with them. And uh, the day after I left the Odeon Theaters, uh, Bruce Hart told uh, Stu, and I had known those guys for many years, and he said, why don't you hire Bob Johnson? We, we need a guy to <clears throat> do these what we call spot shows. We have a big territory out here, and we have a place called Saskatchewan. It's what was it, like going to Nebraska or something like that, and then we've got British Columbia and Alberta, Montana, and <clears throat> Stu asked me to, since you know, we run Calgary every week, on uh, Saturday, Friday we do our TV show, Saturday we go up to a place called Edmonton, and then the vet, but we have everybody on a full-time salary. And he says, I want you to go out to all these little towns all through Saskatchewan and Alberta and British Columbia and that and book some shows for me. And I started doing that. Just I, I had no idea how to do it, but I, I, I kind of went out and I did over 3,000 shows. And uh, we worked with these clubs like the Kinsman Club and minor hockey and high schools and agricultural societies. What I found really interesting about working with those, you know, we had a really good TV show, and we were like the big, uh, we were like the WWE to these guys. We, we were the big guys from Calgary, and we'd go into their little town of a, maybe might have a thousand people, and we'd have uh, we'd have a thousand people show up for wrestling, you know. So I thought, why, you know, when you think about it, you go to a small town. You'd think nobody would show up, but we had, you know, we say we had the uh, minor hockey, we put it on, and everybody in the town bought a ticket to support minor hockey. And we bring the full show of uh, everybody from Owen to Pillman to Benoit to Mike Shaw to everybody into those shows. And Bruce is booking, and uh, so I used to run four or five shows a week on top of the two we did at Edmondson and Calgary. It did that for a lot of years, and uh, it was a lot of fun, you know. So. Um, there so, was there was so much great. Bruce, 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 it was Bruce Hart who told, who got me the job with with his dad, you know. He, he said, "Bob, Bob's our man, so let's go for it." And 
the rest of history. Oh, I, I know. That's just, um, I have saw some old matches online of Stampede Wrestling. I mean, you had a, a lot of talented athletes and a lot of big names that came out there as well. Um, what was, um, during the Stampede days, what was it like working with, uh, you know, uh, uh, the Dynamite Kid? He's one of my favorites growing up. Well, uh, we, we had, I remember when Bruce Hart was wrestling over in England, and uh, he spotted a couple of guys over there. This we changed it. We gave him the, uh, Bruce gave him the name Dynamite Kid, but a guy named Tommy Billington, and later uh, his cousin named David Hart, uh, David Smith, Baby Boy Smith, and when. Stu was hiring guys back in the late 70s and early 80s. <laughs> Most of the guys in wrestling were all these great big guys, you know, like six foot three and muscle heads and weight lifters and all that stuff. <laughs> you didn't see any small guys in it. And uh, you didn't see too many small guys. Anyway, uh, Stu con- uh, Bruce convinced uh, Stu, he said, I have a couple of guys from England that might help us uh, really get this promotion really going. So we brought in Dynamite Kid, Tommy, who weighed about 150 pounds. He was about maybe five foot eight. And I remember all these other guys, the big heavy, he said, big uh, monsters with like, are you guys out of your mind? Why would, why you're not going to hire that guy? He's too small. So the baby boy was about 160 and maybe 510 and anyway uh, Bruce Wright said hey this is this is going to be the future of wrestling high flying and you've got to see how these guys do it and <clears throat> eventually uh, they got they bulked up a bit Dynamite Kid we gave him the name Dynamite Kid uh, he he uh, became a biggest heel it's Stampede Wrestling. One moment. You all right? I'm right. Okay. I mean, it, uh, remind me not to have a, a, a pistachios before the podcast. <laughs> this is this is getting great. We're talking about a great uh, story about Dynamite Kid having was the biggest heel in Stampede Wrestling. And, um, you know, take your time, you know. If you have to cough, go ahead, you know. It, it, it's, yep. it's, it's all good. Anyway, uh, well, he was a heel, big time heel, and we had a guy, we had this manager out there, he was an old shooter from England uh, who knew Dynamite, a guy named J.R. Foley. J.R. was uh, quite a wrestler in his day, he wasn't a big guy, but he, he when he retired, they made him into this uh, manager, and Bruce Hart had him where a Hitler saw a mustache and army fatigues and all this stuff. And this guy got more heat than anybody in Stampede Wrestling. But he managed the Dynamite Kid. And then we had a few other heels join the horses. And then uh, a few months later, we brought Davy in. Davy, Davy boy, was always the the big baby case out here. I mean, you could never... you you. Could never be a heel, ever. <laughs> but uh, so, and yet, had some classic matches with Bruce Hart, <clears throat> Bret Hart, and uh, 
Dynamite and Davy Boy and Nightheart. And we had a few other guys out here. We had this, uh, we brought a guy out here uh, training with us, Jake, Jake the Snake, out here for a few couple of years. We had the Iron, Iron Sheiks in the early days training. A lot of guys came, and we had this other guy came in a little bit later. It was a guy named Kichi Yamada. We had a we spring a lot of these Japanese guys in. We brought this Owen Hart, found this guy in Japan <clears throat> named uh, Kichi Yamada. He told, told his dad, he said, this guy's going to be the hottest, hottest thing going. We should bring him in and train him. And he uh, later became known as uh, Justin Ligger. Oh. But his real name was uh, uh, Kichi Yamada, Stampede Wrestling, Babyface, without the mask. So I remember when he broke in. <clears throat> but we had guys like Dr. D here in, in those days. And we had uh, some pretty good heels out here. And uh, we had this other guy, uh, fans remember him, Bad News Ellen, Bad News Brown. Yeah. <clears throat> he was wrestling here and... Uh, we had uh, we had quite a few. There was uh, I, I, I I had a senior moment here. I was going to mention about a wrestler from uh, the West Coast who broke in here, and I just went blank on his name. <clears throat> it'll come. It'll come. But uh, oh boy! Now you got me thinking about that. Now that's going to be running my through my head through that interview. Who's this wrestler from the West Coast? <laughs> Yeah, he was. I remember Billy Jack Haynes. Yeah, um, I watched him growing up in the um, in the ring in WWF. Yeah, I know who Billy Jack Haynes is. Um, he wasn't a bad wrestler. No, not 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 a bad wrestler at all. You know, like I said, we we, we had a lot of these. There, there were a lot of guys came in, and uh, you know, I remember Bad News. He was an interesting guy, tough tough guy. He was kind of a half half shooter, you know. <clears throat> Dynamite was pretty tough too. I still think of all the wrestlers up there, probably Dynamite was the possibly the greatest WWE or greatest Stampede star we ever had. So, uh, yeah. I always liked him when him and Davey Boy, you know, finally came to the WWF as the British Bulldogs. I mean, they were just such a great tag team. They just had that great chemistry. And, you know, it's it's sad now that, you know, Dynamite or, you know, uh, Davey Boy Smith is not alive today. I mean, those guys were like big names when I was a kid um, first getting into watching professional wrestling. And then an, um, another question I'm going to ask you is, what's your thoughts about Davey Boy Smith finally getting into the WWE Hall of Fame? Well, this is why I, I, I understand that's the... Uh... <clears throat> the growing word that he's getting in there, so that, that's about time. I, <clears throat> I regrettably, I, I think they would love to have Owen get in there, but there's still a bit of maybe. I don't think his wife would, Martha would ever condone that. <clears throat> what I would have personally liked to have seen is uh, WWE 
maybe have Owen, Dynamite, Brian Pillman, Bruce, uh, Davey Boy, all as a group. That would be so awesome. I would love to see that too. Um, um, I would love to see Dynamite Kid in the Hall of Fame as well. I mean, all of them, him and Owen and Bruce and Davey Boy and Brian Pillman, they all deserve to, you know, be part of that Hall of Fame, man. They were the heart foundation for Pete's sakes, man. I don't know what's up. I don't know what's up with Vince. Yeah, I'm not sure about the kind of the politics, what they're doing. They, uh, you know, like Davy Boy's, uh, he's got an incredible son. I don't know if you had a chance to see him wrestle. Yeah, I have. Um, I saw him wrestle at Ring of Honor over here in Columbus, Ohio. And then, you know, um, I've seen them on uh, MLW, Major League Wrestling. Um, I He has a lot of talent as well. Um, you know, i like to see him go further in his career. I, uh, I would actually uh, like to see him go back to WWE. I think he might. I'm not going to say it on the earlier, but <clears throat> I would love to see him. I think what might be, uh, Bruce Hart and I had discussed, would be really kind of cool would be to see uh, Harry go into WWE and maybe team up with a guy like Drew McIntyre and call himself the maybe the British Lions or something like that. That would be so cool. If that ever happened like that, you know how much a huge of a pop the WWE Universe would be doing? Oh, yeah, that, I think that would be phenomenal. Drew, I, I, I had a... I had a I was down at WrestleMania this week, this summer, this uh, last WrestleMania, and I, I uh, ended up. I was at the WWE hotel and having breakfast with Natalia's mother, and uh, and uh, so uh, after that was all over, I, I kind of wandered around the lobby, and I ended up talking for about a half an hour with with Drew McIntyre. It was uh, like I'm I'm six feet tall, and I feel felt kind of small beside him but a big boy you know and uh, we had a really good talk and and uh, he had I thought I said uh, he knew he knows Harry and I thought man you guys what a combination that would be to have Harry Smith who's about six foot six uh, ripped I mean uh, I don't think he's got any body fat and he's strong as hell great wrestler and I thought that would be a an interesting combination. Oh, that would be one um, powerhouse of a tag team. I mean, uh, they would do good. Shoot, they probably would. If that ever happened, they probably would end up being a Raw or SmackDown tag team champions. Well, there's another guy that we—he's actually from Calgary here. Uh, <coughs> a guy named Raj Singh. Uh, he wrestles. So he's out with a bit of an injury right now. I think you're going to see him back. <clears throat> but we trained him from scratch, a guy named uh, Gidner Mahal. And uh, I think he might, <clears throat> you know, if they repackaged him a little bit, I think uh, Gidner Mahal and Harry and Drew McIntyre, that could be a that could be an awesome combination. I totally think so. so. Gidner, I totally think so too, uh, but go ahead. <laughs> I think, uh, unfortunately, a lot of times uh, you've got to just—it's the way they use these guys. And I know they're using uh, 
King of Ma for a, for a while, and then and then they kind of then he was kind of put into that what I call Triproni status or something. He, <clears throat> but he's been out. But he he's a really good guy. He's about six foot five, you know, pretty good wrestler. So uh, a, there's another guy that we trained up here back in the day. Well, we trained at Natty in Italia. Uh-huh. And you talk about the dungeon. The story, I remember when Natalia was training with the... She was the only woman training in the dungeon with the boys and taking the big bumps with the boys, you know. So and, did, uh, did Natalia take any stretches too? Yeah, she took all every every bump you could think of. And then her husband is uh, P.G. Wilson, better known as Tyson Kidd. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, he got injured, but he's a tremendous athlete in his own in his own right, you know. Um, yeah, I remember there's Harry and P.J. and all these guys training together in the dungeon. Stu would take those guys down. And <clears throat> a lot of times, uh, Bruce did, me, did most of the training with Ross, his brother, but every so often Stu would come in and show him a little bit of extra move, you know. Okay, and I got another question I'm going to ask you too. Um, tell me about the the first uh, triple threat match um, you guys created before uh, WWE got wind of it. Yeah, we, I remember uh, <clears throat> we were coming, <clears throat> Bruce, and, uh, Bruce Harden, Ross and I were coming back from Edmonton and we had this kind of a situation we had a we had this guy Jerry Morrow he was uh, he and his brother uh, uh, were wrestling for us and Jerry was sort of a half heel half baby face and we had this other guy uh, Gamma Singh who was a full blooded uh heel, always a heel. We had this other guy, Angel Athabito, who we called the Cuban assassin. He was actually from Puerto Rico, and he, uh, I don't know if you ever saw any old pictures of the Cuban assassin, but he, uh, <clears throat> he was sort of, uh, more over as a baby face, but, <clears throat> but a big, a big, uh, a big, a big heel. And, uh, so, one moment, I gotta clear my throat again. Oh, go ahead, man. Take your time. I'm not used to, to, to doing all these heavy duty interviews. I always do the interviews myself. But anyway, so, uh, <laughs> uh, we had Bruce and I were coming back, and we we had, we had a couple other guys. We had this guy. We had guys who were sort of it was sort of the attitude era. And, those days, you always had, it was, with us, it was always the K-Fade day. We had, uh, the heels and the, and the baby faces. We had them, always had them in separate dressing rooms, drove in separate bands. You'd never see a baby face and a heel ever together in front of a fan. <clears throat> but we had a few guys who were kind of like that attitude era, like Austin. So uh, we had to come up with a match, and I 
I thought to Bruce, let's begin to think about a match called maybe we'll have three guys in the ring at once and somehow we can settle it. It may be a little bit unique or different. And they had tried it a few years earlier and it didn't really take off. But <clears throat> So we had this thing, uh, Jerry Moore, uh, Gamma, and this guy, uh, Ben Bazarab. And uh, we thought we'd try this thing. We called it, a, 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 those days, the Bermuda Triangle. Seemed to be the rage everywhere. So we uh, called it the Bermuda Triangle match. And uh, it became one of our hottest matches. And then, uh, lo and behold, a few years later, we changed the name to a triple threat match. <clears throat> and then I, just, I noticed one night on the WWE, they, we have a brand new match that we nobody's ever tried called the triple threat match. But hell, that's our match, you know, so. But I guess that's what happens in the business, you know. Um, yeah, how did uh, Stampede Wrestling um, get a relationship with, uh, you know, WWF at the time before WWE? It seems like most of all of your guys from Stampede, you know, wrestling, you know, some of the hearts and all the... Yeah, it's an interesting story there. I make a kind of quick story, but uh, for many years, uh, they had this old group called the NWA. Yeah. Uh, National Wrestling Alliance. And they were about the... They were a bunch of, most of them were a bunch of shysters who were, you know, all these different shyster promotions down in the States and nobody really got along and they were always trying to outdo the other guy. And anyway, they started this thing called the NWA and uh, Stu became a member of the NWA and had a, uh, eventually, Stu Hart had a bit of a falling out with the, the they were every, Stampede at the Calgary Stampede. That's a big rodeo we have. They would bring in the world champion. We'd bring in sometime Harley Race or Andre the Giant or whoever was the NWA champion. <clears throat> so they had had a where they double booked. Can't, I think it was Harley got double booked. And anyway, uh, they would advertise that the world champion Harley Race would be coming into Calgary to wrestle Bret Hart. And uh, <clears throat> right at the, about a day before, it ended up uh, hardly getting a call. This is a very sorry. I got booked in another place. But all of a sudden, we got no. We got no. Uh, what are we going to do for uh, the world champion? <clears throat> so Stu called up uh, Vern Gagne, <clears throat> and uh, as it happened, uh, they had the, the guys had a night off. So they flew, we flew up Nick Bockwinkel in the AWA. <laughs> he had a phenomenal Iron Man match with uh, Brad Hart in about, an, about an hour. I think what ended up going about 90 minutes. It was a really good match. and uh, <clears throat> So they had already severed relations with the NWA. They had a temporary thing with the AWA. <clears throat> and then at that point, Vern uh, sold his promotion to Vince, and I remember around uh, 80, that's about 82 or 83, about 83, <coughs> Vince said, uh, he, that's when he kind of <coughs> kind of took over. He uh, told 
they offered Stu a million bucks to take over Stampede Wrestling. <laughs> and he said, I'll take the uh, you know, main guys. And we ended up giving him uh, Nightheart, Brightheart, and the Bulldogs. And uh, he said, I want to run, and Stu's going to get a big percentage, and we'll pay a million bucks and 100000 down. And make a long story short, uh, they ran Calgary, and they didn't, couldn't give the tickets away. Really? They kinda, yeah, they kind of severed their relationship with, uh, with WWE, and uh, they paid Stu a bit, but they finally they just said, I think we're, we're just, uh, we kind of want out here and uh, you guys want to start Stampede Wrestling up again. In 86, we, that's when I started with them. Uh, they just decided, well, we're not going to go very far with WWE. And, uh, <laughs> so we, uh, that was it for them. They, they've had a bit of a, a relationship with him over the years, you know. But then, uh, as it happened, Vince, uh, we started Stantine, and we were running for about five years, up to 1990. Finally, Stu decided to shut her down, and it was getting pretty tough in those days. A lot of the guys, we had this guy, Honky Tonk Wayne, uh, Honky Tonk Man was working for us. He got, a, he got offered a job making ten times the money, and I don't blame the guy, you know, I say, well, you know, <laughs> like Bruce Hart came up with that whole honky-tonk man thing. Remember, he had a honky-tonk, he gave him the name honky-tonk, and he said, I want you to dress up like Elvis Presley and uh, the sideburns and all that stuff. And then honky-tonk got a job down with Vince. Remember, hockey came up to me and said, Bob, he says, uh, it's told me to make 30, they want to make me 30 new, new and completely different costumes for the Honky Tonk Man. And before you know it, he's in, so we lost him. And then Dave, we had the last Dave Schultz, and Bad News. And, uh, we, we did have a bit of a, uh, not a really working relationship, but not an adversarial relationship with him either. Wow, that's crazy. Um, Actually, I can, uh, you know, as a, as a fan of stand-up wrestling, I feel very, very blessed by all the uh, people I've met in the business and <clears throat> all the experiences that I've had in the business. But I was out in uh, driving out and robbing to a, to a place called uh, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, set up a bunch of spot shows I drove all bloody night it was about a nine hour drive and, and driving down the highway just about, about must have been about seven o'clock or nine o'clock in the morning and I'm driven all bloody night tired you know and all of a sudden I left behind they got the RCMP sirens going and just about four of them I said gee what's going on and they all came right behind my car and I said gee was I speeding or did I have my seatbelt on, you know, all that stuff. They stopped me and they said, are you, uh, are you Bob Johnson? I said, yeah. I said, what did I do wrong? He said, please come with us. <clears throat> so we go into to Saskatoon. We did please call Mr. Hart, 
your boss and Cody? Wait, Stu, so Bob, I've got a problem here. WWF are at the Calgary Stampede tonight. Uh, we have 20,000 seats sold. Sold out place. The announcer called uh, Billy Red Lions has got laryngitis. He couldn't make it. Ed Whelan, who was a regular announcer, <coughs> he was in the holidays, and they couldn't find the other announcer. He said, we need an announcer. Or can you please drive back to Calgary to be to announce at the Dome tonight? <coughs> Which I did. And I'll, I remember, I can actually say that I have got, I, I did work for the WWE. I, I can put that on my resume. I never thought I'd ever be <coughs> doing a main event at front of 20,000 people and announcing uh, John Studd against John uh, Floyd Dog, and I think it was uh, uh, Bundy against Hulk Hogan. thought that was a cool, a really cool deal, you know. And also, uh, uh, congratulations for being 40 years sober as well. Uh, speaking of Cauliflower Alley Club as well, um, you also know a, a a cool person, a friend of mine as well, and she's really nice. Is uh, Patricia Summerland, who was uh, goes by Sunny the Glow Girl. Yes, <coughs> Sunny. Sunny. Uh, I still call her Sunny. You know, she's a real a beautiful, beautiful woman, very intelligent. She's. Uh, She's quite a wrestler in her own way, but 
I actually had it on the uh, <clears throat> I had it on the Heartbeat Radio a couple of times a few years ago when they were honoring the uh, old girls at Connick Mountain Club. I decided to bring a bunch of them on and Bruce Hart and I said we we're going to bring a special uh, host on Diana Hart. So we had Diana and uh, Sunny and uh, several others. There was Roxy and uh, a girl named Hollywood and a few of them. They were on the show and it was it's like sitting listening to a show called The View. And uh, it, was, it was cool. They went on for about two hours, talked. So during the show, they, uh, they said, we have this thing called the Girl Girl Cruise. We're going to be taking a cruise up on the uh, on uh, the Caribbean with the Girl Girls. I, I'm from I'm from Western Canada, man. We have no water around here. It's, it's all of this prairie and stuff. I've never been on a ship or anything, so I, I ended up going down to spend a week on the Caribbean with the Girl Girls. Let's put it that way. That's awesome. Um, also, are you coming out with a book as well? I've been trying to write a book for 40 years. Again, that's not one of my big suits. I'm, I'm an educated guy, but when I, I, I've got, I've got a lot of stories and a lot of, a lot of things I can say about the business and, uh, I could probably write a pretty good book on, uh, some of the good ribs I've seen a lot. That's one really interesting thing about. I don't know if they do it nowadays with the young guys, but in the old days when you're on the road and you did these long road trips, you'd be in the middle of nowhere and the guys used to always like to amuse themselves. They would pick on a couple of victims. Two of the guys who got victimized most were Brian Pillman. They love to rib him. I could tell you a couple of really good ribs they pulled on him. Yeah, let's hear some Brian uh, Pillman ribs. Uh, this will be interesting. Uh, after that, I'll tell you a good rib about they pulled on this guy, uh, Bill Casmeyer, the world's strongest man. I can tell you they love ribbing him too. But anyway, we're out in this place in the middle of in the Okanagan called Kamloops. And... Uh, I mentioned that place uh, called uh, Kelowna. Uh, anyway, where we did the interview with Mike Shaw. So it's about a two-hour drive, and Coleman was one of these guys, kind of ladies' man. He, he wanted to, hey, Bob, let's get out of here. we got to get over before the last call. is all that. He said, i got a girlfriend waiting for me, and they're going to buy me some drinks and all that stuff. And he, was, he had this woman who was madly in love with him, a big wrestling fan. So I had the whole dress, the whole crew, everybody that he was, baby. I had them all involved in this rib he came up with. We, we said to him, uh, Chris Benoit went up to Pullman and says, Bob, did you want us to stop in the... Uh, Winfield. Now, Winfield is a little town about 10 miles from Kelowna. I said, yeah, if you guys wouldn't mind stopping 
in Winfield, and I remember he probably would say, interjected and everybody interjects it, you know. Uh, Stu's sister is a senior citizen in the senior citizen's home in Winfield and they've asked specifically for Brian Pillman to stop in and have uh, say a couple words on saying no to drugs and helping the old timers out and everybody was saying this with a straight face and we had been working him for weeks on this about this going to Winfield, so we we arranged with the guy who owned one. The guy was a big wrestling fan, and he was the uh, <clears throat> the manager of the uh, uh, the custodian down there at this uh, senior citizens home. So uh, we we get there and uh, haul Brian and Brian and Bruce and myself and I think Chris Benoit and there a couple others, but. Ryan goes in there and they got all, had to wake up all these old senior citizens. <laughs> and, and, uh, Johnson, what am I doing here? Well, you, you know, Stu's sister's here. You, we're expecting you, Brian. Just going to be here for a few minutes. Meanwhile, he says, I got to get to Kelowna. I got a hot, hot date. Last call, you know. And he said, don't worry, we'll get you there and all that stuff. So we had all these old senior citizens come out and then, uh, the custodian end, ended up making us a bunch of cake and uh, they had some cake and donuts and tea and all this stuff and Brian was talking about saying no to drug drugs to these poor old guys for about a half an hour we're all trying to keep a straight face so we finally uh, finally got out of the place get down the corner we're in this hotel in Kelowna. There's Ross, Owen, Bruce, myself. So we had two double rooms in this uh, hotel. And Mother Brian said, Johnson, can I go in the, can I go in the van? I want to get over to that bar. I got a hot date waiting. I said, sure, you take, go ahead, take the So we're, we're in this uh, motel in Kelowna. <clears throat> two separate rooms, and Bruce Harder pond is it made you a dog outside look like uh, old muck they brought Owen and Bruce brought this little dog into uh, into the room <laughs> gave him a, I think gave him a halcyon or something to knock him out or uh, some kind of they knocked the poor dog out took Brian Pillman had this thing called his headband called a bandana they put the bandana on the dog and they put his leather, uh, his leather coat on, on the dog and put it in, in Brian Pillman's bed. So about three o'clock in the morning, Brian waters in and half cut, and he's pissed off because he could only have one drink and his girlfriend didn't show up or she had left or something. So we had it rigged up where the dog was in his bed. We were in the other room and they were asleep and we were all awake just waiting to see the reaction so Owen went into the bathroom and he un- unscrewed the light bulb and he put a he put a, a great big uh, waste paper back
basket, pour water on the top. Brian comes in and he's all half, half cut, you know, jumps into the bed. And the dog comes, comes uh, alive all of a sudden and Brian's going crazy, you know, and then he types up, runs in the washroom, the cat turn the light on, opens the door, the water comes down. I'll try to keep a straight face. And uh, I remember the next morning, Brian came up to myself and Ross, and he said, well, I said, by the way, did you have a good date? With, did you have a few drinks? Oh, I came home, and I got out of bed, and there was this dog in the bed, and Ross kept saying, we didn't hear anything. What are you talking about, dog? And he said, I went in the washroom, and I got this water. He says, uh, we didn't hear anything. I think you're uh, matching that, Brian. I think you had, maybe, were you hungover, or did you have too much to drink? And, uh, anyway, that was, uh, that was one of the type of ribs that they loved doing with old, old Brian. But, uh, I, I, I've got another interesting rib. You got time for another quick time? Yeah, we rib? can do it. Yeah, yeah, let's do, tell me another quick rib story. Yeah, okay. I got this, uh, in the middle of Saskatchewan, there's a place called, uh, Tisdale. And, uh, out in Tisdale, it's like being in the middle of Iowa or something. They have this stuff called rapeseed. It's like, a canola oil. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, it's like, like a wheat. It's like, it's a grain that they grow in Saskatchewan. So every time we went, by this Tisdale, which was in the middle of the province, we, they had a sign that says, Welcome to Tisdale, land of rape and honey. And uh, I always point out to Brian, you know, uh, I wish they could change that sign and just say, Welcome to Tisdale. I don't know why they have to put that word rape on there. Because they, 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 they called it rape. It's a rape seed, but out, out there, all the farmers called, just called it rape. Mm-hmm. And Brian had no idea what that meant. <laughs> so we, we used to do all these, uh, we had about a, about a thousand kids at this high school trying to raise some money for the graduation. So Brian Pullman used to do the say no to drugs. So we had, uh, we had the mayor and the principal and everybody uh, in the ring, and there was uh, Mike Mockinson and Gamma in one corner, and Bruce and Tillman in the ring, and I, I'm doing the announcing. And so I uh, want to thank all those great people here in Tisdale for supporting you. I said, by the way, Brian Tillman's got a few words to say to the students here first. So meanwhile, uh, Bruce and Owen got them all wound up about this problem with the rape problem. With the, anyway, Brian got up there. He says, "I want to tell all you kids out here in Tisdale, say no to drugs." But what's really got me really irritated, and it has to stop right now. I want all you kids to stop. All you young men here in Tisdale to stop all that raping. The- all that raping. <laughs> so they have this principal 
It's the name of the green, and everybody's showing up. It's the name of the green. <laughs> and he says, and it's, uh, Mike Shaw grabs the mic and he says, Tillman, why don't you mind your own business? The people out here on Tuesday will want to rape the women. That's their, their business, not your business. <laughs> Back to Brian, and he went crazy. He says, and he went on and on. But the, uh, that was that was that was a good rib. That was one of the classic ribs. But I, I could I could tell you ribs all night. I, mean, I could. I could <laughs> <laughs> There's so many good ribs. I've been bit lots of times. Ribs are you know you you just just they're all in good fun you know. And, I bet they are. And Bob. Thank you so much to coming out of your busy time to come on the podcast and uh, share your stories about being part of Stampede Wrestling and Stu. It's great to um, hear all these great stories. Uh, thank you for sharing those. I'm sorry about my voice tonight. I'm not sure if, uh, I don't know, I'm, uh, I hope I didn't bore you. Uh, I'm not sure if I didn't bore everybody too much and put everybody to sleep. <laughs> uh, it's a problem. I've, I have these damn dentures. I, uh, I had a uh, way back, well, 40 years ago, I, I had this, uh, without going into details, I <clears throat> I had I lost all my teeth due to a very serious illness and I had some radiation. So I had to yank out all my teeth. So for the last 45 years, I've had these dentures. And sometimes when I talk, you know, people say, you mumble or I can't understand you. What were you saying? So I, I don't want to. <clears throat> tell them the dentures. But sometime uh, they put the dentures in and then they move a little bit and what did you say? What did you say? You know, but so I hope I hope I came to clear enough. Yeah, you did. I, I was able to understand you. Um yeah, I I listened to everything. There was a few you know, times where, you know, um, I had to listen really closely, but I got everything what you had to say. <laughs> yeah, I know. So it's, uh, like I say, you know, down the road, I, I would, if, if you ever, I can come on again. I can maybe, maybe anytime you want Bruce or Ross or Harry or I can get lots of guys. I've had, people had over 350 guests. From, oh, I'll definitely be. Um, a ton of them. Yeah, I'll be definitely having you back on because you're you're a cool guy. I would love to hear some more stories. I would love to do a part two with you as well. And yeah, that would be cool um, if you know I was able to you know get like Stu and Harry and all of them on as well. That would be fun too. So yeah, Bruce Hart will tell you he's got some he's got a unique way of talking on the you'll get everybody laughing and he's got some really interesting. Uh, Stories and like the same with Bruce Hart. He uh, he's just an all-round athlete. You know, he can talk to you about boxing, boxers back in the 1900s, and he can tell you all about Major League Baseball in the 1930s, or tell you about the Green Bay Packers back in 50 years ago, or whatever you want. Any sport, he seems to be a an encyclopedia. And uh, when it comes to like, he, you guys just want to come on and talk about training. He can, you can go on and tell you about how. I I, I don't I never did the training. I helped help, help train a bit. I did all the publicity and I did some announcing and 
they help put the money in the books and stuff like that. But but uh, you know, Bruce Hart is a, he's a really good guy, and he'll really tell you what it's up. He's been around. He's wrestled all over the place. Harry's a really good guy, and I can try try to get Harry to come on one of your shows. And, I would love to have both of the. Um, I would love to have Harry on. I would love to have Bruce on too, because I would love to pick Bruce's brain. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that, that, that's where Bruce, Bruce's whole deal is. He's, Bruce has got a couple of sons who are the one son Tori who's uh, yeah really coming along training right now, and uh, yeah. I don't know if it's man, that's got to be a tough time in the wrestling business. I. A little bit sorry for a lot of the young aspiring guys. I don't know how many guys are going to make it to the uh, big time, or if there's any money in it. I'm not sure about this AEW. I, I watch that sometime. You know, you got Japan and that, but boy, it's 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 got to be a it's a it's got to be a tough a tough grind. Oh heck yeah! Have a lot of a lot of dedication, you know. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna be um, following uh, Tori Rex, Torin Rex Hart. Yeah, he's like the third generation wrestler. Um, I've seen some stuff on him. I'm gonna definitely follow and see what hap- what he does. So yeah. Yeah, well, that's great, Robin. I'm glad things are working out in your promotion. And uh, <laughs> you know, I'll hook you up with Bruce and talk. You can just you and Bruce can talk on air, or you can talk. Bruce will talk to you for a couple. You know, once you get talking, you might be on for three hours talking about one st- Yeah. You know? And uh, <clears throat> he's got the opinionated on, on how it should go down right now and how the business should go. I, I still watch wrestling a bit. I'm not big-time wrestling fan. I always tell people, I say, well, you're, you're, you're almost seven, year, seven years old. Are you still watching that stupid wrestling? I said, you know, <laughs> I got out of the wrestling, but the wrestling never really got out of me. Hey, there's Bruce nothing. And are, Bruce and I, we, we both say, hey, we, we are two of the biggest fans in the business. And if you want to call Bob Johnson or Mark, you can call me a Mark. That's fine. <laughs> okay. We're, we're, we're fans. Bruce, I remember Bruce said, you want to call me a Mark? I don't uh, we're all marks. He said everybody in the wrestling business. We all started out as out as fans. Most guys are in it are fans, and there's nothing wrong with that. I always tell guys there's nothing wrong with being a fan, you know. And uh, it's been in my blood for many years. And like I say, I, I'll let you go here. I'm, I'm so blessed with uh, people I've met. I've met some of the biggest names in the business. And, Guys and girls I never thought I'd ever meet. Uh, we've had a ton of people on Heartbeat Radio, and if any of your uh, your your people want to get on, we have 350 shows, and we have the top 100 of our shows on YouTube. All we have to do is Google and Heartbeat Radio on YouTube, and we've had everybody from Rick Flair to that Duel of the Butcher to. Uh, Nick Foley to J.J. Dillon to you name it, Vince Russo. We've had we've had them all on there, and it's just been a great time. We're we're on a bit of a hiatus right now this year. We did so many shows, but we're going to bring it up again. And we're going to be going on what they call Google Hangouts, 
but we're going to take it to the next level. Now, that's going to be tough for an old guy like me who's still computer, I'm still computer illiterate. <laughs> or if I'm trying to learn how, how that Google Hangouts is, but we're going to go in and do a have our show on Google Hangouts on YouTube coming up in the next probably this fall. So uh, we'd love to have you join us maybe as a guest host. We're always looking for good, good guest hosts. <laughs> I would love to be a guest host, and it would be an honor to be a guest host on um, Heart Radio with you and Bruce. I, I'm well, so love, love to have you on there, and uh, you sound really knowledgeable, and you you got a good uh, rapport, and you seem to be really uh, sharp and know what the hell you're doing. You know, you're a very sincere guy and enthusiastic, and that's what it's all about: being enthusiastic and. Uh, so we'd love to have you and uh, so we'll probably I think we're going to wait till uh, wait till uh, maybe the fall and start, start the thing up again hey but, uh, I'll be definitely listening I'm definitely looking forward to being um, you know on your show as a guest host, I'm definitely going to have you here again here on Wrestle Popcast because I really enjoy talking to you and you seem like you're a very serious you know, genuine kind of guy too, who loves professional wrestling like me. So, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, uh, you know, like someone called sports entertainment. Yeah, I'm pro wrestling, and I don't know. Like I said, I've got, uh, I, I talk to a lot of guys on a regular basis. I was had a good talk. I got he and I were talking for about two hours the other day at Abdullah the Butcher, one of my very dear friends. I can probably get him to do your time and another really super good guy is a guy named J.J. Dillon oh yeah part of the four horsemen Baron Von, another good friend of mine is Baron Von Roschke and Magnum T.A. and uh, Tiger Conway Jr. I got so many really good guys that would love to come on and I can get a lot of girls too old not old girls but I can get some I can get a lot of Harry. I'm sure I can get him on there, and maybe Brian Pillman. And uh, uh, no, it, it's good. It's uh, so we, we've uh, again. I've been very blessed. I, I just started out as a fan back in Winnipeg, and I remember as a young kid going to see Whipper Billy Watson and Yukon Eric and all these guys. And one time there was. A, I remember standing, I was a real mark at the time, a real big fan, I was about 12 years old or 14 years old, and I stood uh, in the back of the Winnipeg Auditorium waiting for the wrestlers just to say hello. I remember these two guys, they were called the Royal Kangaroos, and I seemed to hit, hit, hit it off and had some rapport, and they asked me if I would carry their suitcases back to the hotel. It was it was like about 30 below zero and they decided to walk for the exercise and here's old Bob going through the snow carrying their suitcases. So I thought that was kind of cool. And then, it, again, I, I, I've met so many people and I've uh, been fortunate. I met Vince McMahon a few times. I met, in closing, I, there's one guy I, I had a chance to meet, uh, Roland Hart's funeral. I, a guy come up to me. I didn't, I'm in. 
Kitchener and a guy came up and I said, gee, I kind of recognize that guy. He says, hi, I'm Paul. Uh, they call me Hunter. Oh, Hunter, Hunter, Triple H. And he says, uh, yeah, you can call me Paul. He says, tell me, Bob, there's such a thing as the dungeon? Me. Hey. I took him down and spent about a half an hour at the dungeon. And I had Luna Vachon with me that day and took him on a tour of Stu Hart's house. Well, you never know who you're going to meet. Pretty nice guy, old hunter, you know. And, uh, there's so many guys. Another guy, one of my dear, dear friends, I don't want to start name dropping, but another guy, I'd love to have him give you a call, a guy named Hillbilly Jim. Oh, I did. I had Hillbilly Jim on my show. He's a fun guy. Um, he's a good, uh, uh, you know, I have a good friend of mine. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Um, Hurricane J.J. McGuire. Um, okay. Yeah, he wrote um, a lot of the 80s theme songs for the wrestlers in WWF with Jimmy Hart. And uh, J.J. McGuire is like a good friends with uh, Jimmy Hart and Hillbilly Jim. So, yeah, he hooked me up with Hilly, Hillbilly Jim and um, that was a fun interview. I, I mean, Hillbilly Jim still has his regular landline phone, his old answer machine. He doesn't believe in technology, but yeah, he was a good interview. <laughs> yeah, I, I was down. I went down to uh, called uh, a guy named Scott Teal had invited me down to the thing last year in Nashville. Mm-hmm. I've never. Uh, that, that's a real neat place. That, you ever been to Nashville? Yes, I have. I've been to Nashville plenty of times. Anyway, I uh, I go down to uh, Nashville. It was called the Tennessee Wrestling Reunion. Met a ton. I met uh, Rocky Johnson down there, and uh, an old friend of mine, and Hillbilly Jim, ended up having dinner with him. And uh, there's another guy from Canadian guy, but he he lives down in Kentucky, uh, called Bruce Swayze. And uh, anyway, Bruce. Uh, Remember, we were in Nashville, and he said to me, uh, you ever been to a football game? And I said, yeah, we're a Canadian football league, you know, three-down football. So he's got season tickets to the Titans. Oh, that's awesome. And, uh, I went to the Titans game, and then the next night I went to the Bridgestone Arena to the Predators, because hockey is, everything here is hockey. Oh, yeah. And uh, the fans down in Nashville, Nashville were crazy. Fans too, so they were rabid, uh, and that, that was a really good place. But uh, I, I had uh, lunch with Bill uh, Billy and uh, nice guy, big guy, man. He's he's a big boy, I tell you. He's uh, but he he broke in with Stampede back in about eighty two, eighty three, and we trained him right at the early days. You know, that's awesome. We became really really close friends. There's a few guys like that. Uh, I was in WrestleMania, went down to WrestleMania this year. So I, I, they gave me this media pass from Heartbeat Radio. I, saw, I somehow talked my way into getting a media pass. But anyway, went down to this uh, thing called WrestleCon. And I'm, I'm walking in the hotel and I hear this guy yell, Bob Johnson. And I said, gee, it must be, it must be another Bob Johnson here. Hey, Bob Johnson, how are you doing, my man? I turned around, it's my old friend, Jimmy Valiant. Oh, nice. 
and I, he's one of my very dear friends from the EWA back in the 80s, you know. But he was just leaving, and I was just going in. He says, Bob Johnson, enjoy, you know. So, you know, there, there's guys, and I, I see a lot of guys I stay in contact with, with a lot of guys in the business and uh, wrestlers and uh, a lot of the historian-type guys that are really... Uh, it's another really good friend of Bruce and me. I call Mike Mooneyham. I'm sure I, I don't mean to be name dropping all these guys, but he'd be a, he's a really good guest. And uh, he's down from uh, South Carolina. And there's lots of guys. I had Vince Russo on our show one time, and really excellent guest. Bob Backlund came on one time. And one time I had this uh, my old friend Don Leo Jonathan, the Mormon Giant, came on. He's, he came up and he says, Bob, Bruce, I talk slow. <laughs> I don't want to bore, I don't want to put everybody to sleep. How long do you want me to talk? And I said, Don Leo, you can talk as long as you want. And uh, he says, about half an hour? I said, sure. Well, half an hour comes and he said, well, you you got a half an hour. Well, I'll stay a little longer. So <laughs> an hour comes, and two hours comes. You get an extra hour, three hours. And I said, Don Leo, we we have no more time. We cut us off. <laughs> so he come back for another another show. So about a month later, he came back. Bruce, Bob. I promise I'm not going to talk so long this time. <laughs> three more, three more hours. He talked in three hours. I bet that was but, good. Uh, but but there's a lot of guys who have passed away who I had on the show, and uh, my friend Larry Henning came on the show. I had him on several times. I had him on this show, and they they made him the honorable governor. Of Minnesota, it was Larry Henning Day in Minnesota, where they had we had him on for about two hours. Hmm. And he says, "Bob," I said, "Would you like to come on our show next week and tell us about what they, what you and the Baron and all those guys did and for your uh, your your induction into the Minnesota Hall of Fame and." Uh, I'd love to come back. Awesome. And he passed away the night before he was supposed to come on. So oh, that's a so set. I was very, very grateful having met him and had, had him on the show. That's awesome. We had, a, we, we had another guy on the show uh, pass away, uh, great Don Fargo, one of the real, boy, this guy was about as hardcore as they come in the wrestling. I bet. He was Fargo Pop boys. You know, we've had them. We've had some interesting guys at Harley, Rick Flair and Mick. And there's a few guys I like to get on. I've never had on, but uh, I've had so many really interesting people, and I stay in touch with all these guys all the time. That's and, awesome. Unfortunately, you had mentioned about. I'm going to let you go here, but uh, uh, you had mentioned about Cauliflower Alley Club. Yes. Get a chance. Go to Cauliflower. You know. I've gone, Ross Hart and I've been there for 20 years straight. We I've never missed a reunion in 20 years. It's been 
greatest experience in my in my wrestling life spending three or four days down at the cauliflower in Vegas and hanging out with you never know who you're going to hang out down there Pat Patterson or or uh, Roddy Piper or whoever you're going to meet you'll meet so many guys but this year I was all set to go but I have to pass going this year I have an, an opportunity to go to Iceland where all my relatives came from my grandmother and grandfather on both sides I'm the only Johnson in Canada who's never been to Iceland my brother's been there about a dozen times and they've been bugging me for years you gotta go to Iceland so I came up I got a really good deal and I have to inform all the people at the Cauliflower Valley Club that I won't be there this year but I'll be there again next year but if you get down there it's a great time uh, you can have a really wonderful time. Have you been to Vegas before? Oh yeah, I have. I grew up in California. I've been to Vegas, uh, you know, a bunch of times, uh, but never to Cauliflower Island Club. I'm thinking about going this year with uh, Cody Hawk and um, a bunch of the wrestlers from Future Great Wrestling to, you know, go have some yeah, fun. Well, they, they've got, there's a guy now out, out of, out of uh, California. Uh, Billy Blade runs a show. Yeah, I know Billy Blade. Vendetta Pro. Yep. And he, he runs two big, they're all free shows, you know, but they go, they, these are about like five-hour shows. Yep. On the Sunday and Monday. And uh, uh, you're going to have a lot of fun just at those shows. But there's so many things to do and you got one of the, the they've had some really good president guys like... Uh, Best team and uh, Bockwinkle ran it, but the guy who's doing just a phenomenal job out there is Brian Blair, the killer bee himself. So when you get out there, you'll be able to hang out with him, and you know. And again, he's. I I hate to not go there, but I I can't give up this opportunity. I got a deal today to spend about a week and a half in Iceland and. Unfortunately, won't be a cauliflower this year. Another place that I'm definitely going to is the uh, Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame, and uh, it's a little west of Dallas, Texas, called uh, Wichita Falls, and it's uh, something like the Cauliflower Alley Club, a little bit smaller. But they're going to be honoring uh, Jake Roberts there this year, and uh, Bushwhackers, and Magnum TA, and outside uh, Jim Duggan is coming. Uh, killer Tim Brooks will be getting honored, so I had the chance to induct Owen into that Hall of Fame last year. So uh, that's another great event. And there's another one, actually a little closer to you in the summer, the uh, Dan Gable Museum in Waterloo, Iowa. It's a really good one, too. So any of the fans listening, if you get a chance to go to any of these events, go to them. It's uh, and the cool thing about it, they're so, it's not like going to some kind of a, uh, how would I say it? You go there and everybody, well, they're all fans. You know, you can talk to the boys, you can talk to the guys. Nobody's going to come up and say, oh, here's another fan, here's another wrestling fan. Because everybody down there's a fan, you know. And you can hang out with all the guys and good old. And I've sat down with so many guys unexpectedly, met guys, I'm sitting there in the 
I was one time I was sitting at the front and I started talking to this guy. I said, I, I know that guy, but where do I know him? He had shades on and a hat on. Here I spent about an hour talking to this guy, Sir Oliver Humperdinck, great manager from the past. You know, so you never know who you're going to be. All right. Be talking to. But but I hope you have a really good time and send my best to Sean and. Uh, and Cody Hawk and uh, Les and any of those guys like Brian Jr. if you see him down there. And I definitely will. I'll, 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 get, I'll, I'll do my best. To, if, who are some of the guys you've, you've had on? You said you've had quite a few guests. Yeah, um, I've had, um, I've had uh, Ken Shamrock on. I've had Dan Severin on. Um, I had Brian... Yeah, Bl- yeah, yeah we've had... He's been on our show a few yeah. times. Yeah, um, I, I, I've had Brian. I have Brian Blair on. Um, yeah. I've, um, I've had, I've had so many um, old school wrestlers on. I've had a lot of guys from Ring of Honor, like Flip Gordon, um, and um, just there. I'm like you. I've interviewed so many <laughs> wrestlers too, like Hillbilly Jim. I've had Coco Beware on. Coco was fun. That guy had a um, a lot of great stories um, as well. Yeah, I've I've had a lot. I can't I, I I can't name them all, but I've had a lot of them on. <laughs> we first night that guy's on. We said, I hope this guy doesn't want to talk any longer. Just let the worst guest I ever had, but you can't say that to him. No, you can't. And if it's horrible, <laughs> had guys that say, "Oh no, don't say that, please." <laughs> yeah, I've had some guests on that I didn't feel chemistry with, and every time I answer a question, they didn't know how to answer it, and yeah. it, it's just all. Cr- yeah, I feel you. I've been there, done that too. <laughs> I've had some interesting we, ones. We, a few years ago, we had uh, uh, actually we had this. Uh, 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 we had. Uh, 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 man. Uh, Anderson, you know, I've done like, uh, he was, uh, anyway, we had this guy on and he, uh, came on the show and talking away and everything was F this, F that. F this, F that. See, F I don't that. like that. If someone, if someone's doing I gotta, that, I gotta edit all that out. You know. Yeah, someone that does that, I hate doing that editing as well. So much. I, I don't know if, my, if it's my phone or your. I don't know if you're breaking up, but I. Yeah, my phone. My phone. If you. I, I, to the people who are listening right now, I apologize if you're hearing this beeping noise. My phone is getting. Yeah, my phone's getting. Can you hear me? Okay, it's my my. Yeah, um, yeah, um, I, um, yeah, um, I can hear you real well. I hope you hear me well. And that beeping noise you're hearing, that's my phone dying. And I apologize for everybody for listening to this to hear the uh, noise of my battery and my phone dying. So it's getting ready to die right hey, now. Listen, Robin, uh, pleasure being on WrestleCast. WrestlePopCast, and, uh, yeah. We'll have to come on again. Now, now that i got my, my it's so kind of clear, like, now I'm able to kind of talk a little bit better. I don't know what yeah, um, I, I'll definitely call. I'll definitely I call. Been a guest on. I, I always do the hosting. I don't. Yeah, I'll definitely call you. On. This is the first time I've ever actually been on a podcast. Oh, so maybe you can do it again. 
I'll definitely, yeah, I'll definitely call you back on my uh, personal line because it's beeping. My phone's getting ready to die, so I'll give you a call on my other phone. Yeah, I, All right, thank I barely hear you now. I, I must be breaking up. Listen, would you send me the send me the link and uh, yeah, and uh, send me a message? Or I'll hook you up with Bruce. Okay, give him a call sometime. Like I said, thank you so much, Bob. Okay. All right. Thank you for listening to Wrestle Popcast. And like I said, I apologize for the beeping noise on this good interview of Bob Johnson. It's beeping because my phone battery is dying. And, you know, and like I said, I apologize for that. And you can listen to Wrestle Popcast on Spreaker, um, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Castbox. You can follow me at, you know, Wrestle Popcast on Twitter, Wrestle Popcast on Facebook, and you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, Wrestle Popcast. And like I said, I apologize for the beeping of my phone getting ready to die during the last part of my interview with Bob Johnson. My phone probably died, but I like to apologize and I hope you guys enjoyed the show.